Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off starts. Oh, what a What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall with my guys Robbie and Mike Talk Some Kicks. What's going on, fellas? Not too much, man. Just uh just chilling right now. How you doing, Robbie? I'm doing good. Um, you know, I've had an interesting day just observing the cat. And I'm sure everybody else who's been home for months now, who've been observing their children and animals. And they think, what the hell are you doing? Like, I, it's like half the day I look at my cat and I'm like, why? Like, of all the situations you could put yourself into, I don't see how this is comfortable, ma'am. Like, it's just it's good, but just I'm, I'm perfect. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, uh, I could say the same thing. Uh, Mika's had a little bit of a, I guess, like, I didn't realize like dogs can get like a flu the same way that humans can in a sense. So oh, apparently right. like the neighbor, the neighbor lady was like, Oh yeah, there's like a bunch of dogs have been sick the last, this is like last week and Mika had been getting sick. So uh, it was kind of like, Oh, well we didn't really realize that. So we had to like switch up her diet to get her back, you know, uh, back in the right direction. And um, yeah. And then like the, just the most random things where you're like, she'll like, she'll like, she still like chews on everything. Right. And we get her chew toys. And, and then next thing you know, like, you know, the indestructible chew toy has been, you know, half eaten by her. So yeah, it's like, it's just crazy pets, man. I, I, I have, I think like having a, having a puppy for the past, you know, what has it been five months gives me a new, new, uh, new appreciation, not only for people that have pets, but for people that have kids, because I can only imagine like it's next level stress to have a kid doing these kind of things too. Oh, dude, yeah, I get I get to see the the, the best of both sides. I got you know a six year old who is just you know like he's been in a just basically in jail for like the last six months because like dude the walls are closing in. Then the new puppy just wants to he just learned how to bark. So I'm like, bro, you got to stop. So I'm just getting <laughs> a little bit of everything right now. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, still some crazy times. I I just uh, I, I'm just glad that, that Robbie is hasn't been like swooped up off the streets of Portland. You know, like I'm I'm expecting like a, a phone call just being like, yo, uh, I can't make it uh, to the podcast this week because Feds got me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been so mindful of just that kind of stuff going on, where I'm just like keeping my butt. Once the sun goes down, I'm inside. I mean, the funny thing is the sun is up and that's still happening. But, you know, I'm just like, I live 10 blocks away 
you know, 15 blocks max from where all that stuff's going on. And it's uh, interesting to walk down the street and see, you know, pretty much still it's like trash cans on fire, mailboxes on fire, newsstands on like melted. It's just like a, looking like a little bit of a war zone. All the Fed buildings are all spray painted and tagged. And I'm for it, man. Like, I can't stand those people. So, like, keep spray painting the building. I mean, but <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy how you can't, you know, spray paint and protest in peace like other groups of people can. So it's, it's messed up. But staying safe. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy times, man. Yeah. Um, so what 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 uh what, what's on you guys' radar? What are you guys been rocking? What what are you copping this week? Shifted back uh, into uh, something a little more uh, distracting from all this stuff. <laughs> uh, today what I rocked was nothing special. It was I switched between a pair of Nike slides and my Ultra Boost 1.0, just bringing the dog in and out the house. Um, and I mean, what's on the radar is the you know probably the same for all three of us, but Eric Emanuel questions, man. That's that's it. There's really nothing else I'm looking at but those. How about you, Robbie? I would have to agree with Mike's choice about the the EE. I'm also very interested, though, in uh, – this is a mouthful – but just the Nike 2020 VaporMax Flyknit Flyees. Um, I just think they finally nailed the look of VaporMax the past two iterations – have not been my thing, but I like the first one a lot. I like the flyees. I'm feeling all the little elements to it. And when it comes to shoes I've been wearing, I wore my um, off-white All Hallows Eve blazers yesterday. Fancy guy. What's funny, I think I told you guys, I went to Amazon and I bought like $20 insole, like slip-ins, because those blazers are not mm-hmm. comfortable. So they're exponentially more comfortable with the, um, I think it's, I have no idea what the brand is, but go look on Amazon. If your shoes are not comfortable, but you love the shoe, just go spend 20 bucks and get some insoles. That's, that's my Robbie tip of the day. Go invest. We've already invested 120 to $700 on that damn shoe. So like, <laughs> I like the, the range in price there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you got it at retail or you got it at resale, I think they're like in the, I think they're like a thousand now. So if you're paying dumb money for a few, might as well pay twenty bucks. Make it comfortable. Make them comfortable. Yeah, at that point, it's like just add it in. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's that's, that's well well beyond my budget. So uh, <laughs> plus, um, but, here's, here's you can meet both. <laughs> here's the double tip to that. So. On top of it, I take the existing insoles out. So if I ever want to resell them, obviously they're going to be worn, but the insoles will be very pristine because I'll keep my own. In- so, yeah, uh, yep. for, for sure. <laughs> what you looking at, Nick? What you been wearing? Uh, I've been wearing the the Adidas Alpha Edge 4D last few days. Um, shout out to Chris Elliott for hooking me up with those a while back. Um, I, I really love the, the 4d stuff, man. It's, I like that. I mean, Robbie and I went to the Adidas store in Portland when I was up there, you know, a few months back and I was tempted to pick up some of the other ones, but I think like seeing the prices come down, you know, you can pick them up for like 200, 160. I saw sneakers and stuff had them for like 149, like the price of the 4d stuff is coming down. And I think that's a really, really dope. Cause 
I don't I don't know if they're better than Ultra Boost, but they are very similar to me in the way that they kind of feel. But they're just a little more, a little stiffer, right? They're a little bit. Yeah, you know, the Ultra really. Boost Ultra Boost is is great, but it's also like it's almost like wearing a sock, right? It's like super cushy, super comfortable, but it doesn't quite feel like something. It almost feels like too good, right? And then this is like one step back from that. But the more I wear them, the more they break in, and I'm really enjoying them now. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously, I picked up the um, the Eric Emanuel Answer Fives. Both the I, you know a friend helped me get the friends and family joints too. So I'm definitely looking forward to those questions as well. I think it's. I think it's just one of those super dope colorways of that shoe. And I, I haven't been a fan of most of the other questions that have been coming out, to be honest, like as much as I normally am. I mean, but these ones are, uh, yeah, must, must have, I think. Pink and Navy, this works. Like I didn't really see that working on a question. It didn't even cross my mind, but when I saw it, it was like, ah, okay. That, that a hundred percent works. Yeah, I agree, man. They want um, so much, like, yeah, yep. man. <clears throat> but, all right, well, before we get into the episode, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA bubble and bubble life, if you will. But I uh, want to read a review. This one's from Jay Wolfer 8. Uh, it says, thanks, guys. Opinions on Adidas, Super Skates, and Sacramento music scene would be dope. L- uh, love listening to you guys. We'd love to hear you talk more about obscure shoes that tennis players wear and other skate shoes as well as sneakers that don't get main releases, but you guys admire. Would also like to hear about the early 2000s SF indie music scene reviews. So we appreciate you taking the time to leave us a review, Jay Wolfer 8. Definitely appreciate that. If you guys have time to leave us a review, head over to iTunes. 30 seconds of your life will means a lot to us. It helps us grow the audience here on the podcast and build a community here. And we got some exciting stuff coming for that. More news on that later. But, um, yeah, I think these are great, great suggestions. And Robbie and I were just talking about, you know, older skate shoes today. And we'll definitely have some more diversity in the episodes uh, in the future. I think that timing-wise, as sneaker fans, the NBA returning, even though it's a weird, you know, situation right now, that's kind of like the the main thing we want to get into. So. Um, before I throw this to Robbie, I think the only good thing that has come from the NBA bubble is the NBA bubble life Twitter account that is basically <laughs> run by Drew Ruiz and Nick DiPaolo, Wells P and, uh, Trayvon Edwards. Um, I don't know if you guys follow that, but that account is fire. I haven't seen it. I need to check it out. <laughs> it's basically Nick. just like pulling everything from all of the people that are in the bubble. And like, for instance, earlier today, earlier this week, I should say, um, they had JJ Reddick uh, posting a multitasking post-practice video of him in an ice bath shotgunning a Bud Light. So you can imagine the kind of chaos that will ensue, especially uh, as as the players get more and more stir crazy. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, 
that's gonna be great. I mean, just watching some of the, like the interactions you see now. Just I hear you hear about the people just hitting that that the snitch line or whatever they call it. Um, Dwight Howard not wanting to wear a mask. I mean, this is just it's gonna be funny for like the next what two months. It's gonna be pretty entertaining. There's nothing better than Knicks supporting Knicks. So <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. I've seen some of it. I saw the JJ Reddick post. Um, I'm happy to see. Uh, I'm a far away fan of Drew, so I, I like. I always like his flavor of his content, so I'll have to check that out. Bubble Life is going to be um, a couple things. It's it's definitely not a restaurant, though. I, I guess. But before we dive into the kicks, um, we've seen. I think Isaiah Thomas put up this Twitter post saying like LeBron's not going to be eating that, and it looks like a in-flight meal. But seeing all these players, I think they're eating these in-flight meals. Like, I don't know if LeBron has, like, a man on the outside, like, drone dropping, you know, filet mignon <laughs> for the team. Like, I don't know what's going on. But uh, it's it definitely seems like this boys' summer camp. And girls, too, because, you know, girls are in a different site. But, like, it's just it's basketball summer camp. That's the best way of putting it. But for an NBA championship. That's for sure. Weird. That's that's such a great <laughs> way to put it, though. Like that's such a great way to put it. And and it's, it it is crazy though. And I I was thinking like, I mean, I understand that all these you know people are used to living a much higher life than you know the rest of the world. But it's really interesting to think like of the timing of all this and seeing all these guys complaining about the food that they're getting when you know like half the country doesn't have jobs. So. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there wondering where their next meal is coming from. And on one hand, like I like hope that they see that and like understand the complaining is kind of like makes them feel, makes them seem a little arrogant. Um, but also like, I totally understand because like the life that they, these guys all live and even on the women's side, right. Like they have access to a lot more than what like regular, you know, people do. So but it is kind of funny because some of those meals and some of the pictures that I've seen are like a little sus to say the least. I mean, to all the lady ballers out there, I don't want to do you a disservice. Um, the accommodations for the ladies are significantly less than the men. It's like oh, a, it's lot ridiculous. Of, a lot of less. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want to sweep that under the rug that it all just looks like fun summer camp. It's definitely not equal. Like that's really messed up, and that kind of pissed me off um, when I saw that. But um, yeah, I don't want to get on that high horse. But we see you. Don't don't just think I made that comment just without recognizing both sides of it going on. Well, and I think that's the interesting thing about what's going on with it all, right? Is like uh, there's definitely some some crazy you know discrepancies between the NBA and the WNBA, right? And yeah. I don't want to dismiss that either. I'm also looking at the big picture as a whole and seeing a lot of these pictures. And it's like, yo, like, you know, like the rest of the world stays at Motel 6. You know, like that's a that's a like that's a normal thing for a lot of people yeah. when they have to travel. So, you know, I get that, you know, a lot of these folks are treated like royalty because they're celebrity and they're famous and, you know, they're making good money. But at the same time. I think there's a cool factor of this being like Robbie said, like a basket, like a summer camp. That's like, if you love the game and you want to play the game, like it still can be really, really enjoyable 
despite all of that stuff, like not dismissing that you, you know, have earned better, but if you love the game, this is a good kind of like, I don't know, like it it sounds weird, but like put your money where your mouth is kind of situation. Right. Or just, I don't know. No, no, I think that's a a good way to say it because I mean, now you can't have any other focus, but, but the game, I mean, I someone compared it to I don't know if it was one of you guys I can't remember who where I saw it but someone compared it to just like a real life 2K if you ever play 2K you know that you can roam around this one little section in circles with your barber shop your shoe store all this stuff your training facility all in one place but you're confined to this one area but you have everything you need so I mean yeah if you if you really want to play and you know like hey I'm about like, trying to get to the championship or trying to just get further for my team I mean. This is where you do it. I mean, if people complain about the food, I'm, and I'm sure. I mean, I've never been to Disney World, but I am sure that everything they're getting is more than serviceable. So, but it's only, I don't feel like it's even everybody. I feel like it's just some of the guy, like, you know, who, you know, may not be on, like, you know, oh, we're not going to win it, so I'm just going to go out here and just collect this check and try to just have a little vacation and find stuff to complain about. So, all the other guys, you got, you know, Dame, it's like perfect example. He's in there. He's like, look, I'm going to bring all my stuff with me. I need, I'm going to record an album. I'm going to practice. Uh, you got Jimmy Butler getting in trouble for practicing in his hotel room, like making too much noise. So you got the yeah. guys out there who really, who, who are about it. Like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm locked in for these next couple months. I'll bring everything I need, but I'm just be in my confines and know the rules. But people complaining, I, I think they should, yeah, just, just, just chill out a bit and just, kind of realize, hey, once it's over, you still get to go back to your, well, heck, you're still in it, your multi-million dollar life, so just chill out. I'm, I didn't bring up that 2K point, but I'm so happy you said that because it is just like 2K. I never thought of it. That's hilarious. And 2K has a huge presence. I know they set up, like, video game stations all throughout the compound, the bubble, whatever. I'll refer to it as the bubble. But um, 2K has a real big presence. Like, I don't know if Ronnie's out there, but I just need to go on the record and say 2K sucks. Like, I have a podcast and I can say that and you guys have to hear me say it. <laughs> you have to hear me say it. <laughs> I hate NBA 2K so much, bro. Like, I played NBA video games from, like, Vince Carter. I think it was NBA Live 2003. No, 2003 was a kid. That was my first one. Uh, I've been playing a lot of basketball video games. And it's all just like microtransactions. The speed of the game's all messed up. It's like, why does Russell Westbrook move like he's in, like running through puddles with concrete feet? Like it doesn't make any sense. And it's just all microtransactions. Live is better. Like, 100% better. Don't, if, you, if you honestly look at somebody in the face and say you enjoy playing 2K, you're lying to yourself. Like you're, you're hurting inside and it's a cry. A cry out for help. <laughs> well, dude, they cornered the market. So then nothing else. Like I remember back in what it had to be, ooh, 2010. I think that might have been the last. Uh, it might have been the last NBA Live. It, whatever one it was, it's something with Gilbert Arenas on the front. I remember that game being head and shoulder better than 2K, and 2K ended up cornering the market some kind of way. And you're right, man. Like. All players don't move the way they're like, supposed to. They, they look great. Everything looks dope. And I can go to the footlock in a store and spend, you know, X amount of dollars. Oh, cool. I bought these. And, but everywhere, there's no, there's real, no real defining factor for those certain players. And it's kind of odd when you, I never really thought about it like that. So just now. It's, it's messed up. And 
I get on that high horse because it comes back to our main topic and it makes sense because, you know, you have to pay like $5 real world to get a pair of Jordan 34s. That's an exaggeration. But like if there's a shoe you really want in 2K, like cough up that five bucks, dog, or go grind for 30 hours. Like, yeah. it's, it's no sense. But basically it comes down to the little things like shoes and the outfits the two things that really make that real life NBA bubble so special to us sneakerheads. So for, for as angry as I am about NBA 2K, the beauty of it is that we get basketball shoes in real life and it's kind of like a video game. So we'll let it slide, but just the sneaker aspect is really, really cool. We, there's been tons of stories. And I think for our main topic here, we're kind of just going to spitfire back and forth what we've been seeing on our favorite accounts um, on Twitter, you know, just kind of like what we've been seeing as we get ramped up for the season to resume here. I believe it's the 31st of July is when it comes back. Uh, 31st or 30th. I can't remember. Two days, but I think you're right on the money though. It's one of the days that end that begins with three. So th- there's yep. only two of them. So it's, it's going to be one of the two, but uh, I'm going to start out with probably one of the more underappreciated um, aspects of, you know, bubble life is, is just the fact that we get to see NBA players roll up with just like everything from this racks and bins. And it's like a, a mini storage unit worth of shoes, like PJ Tucker down <laughs> to like the, the rookies and sophomores that brought like one or two pairs for a whole month. And like forgot to pack right. It's just you get to see how real life people deal with their sneakerhead problems. And I, I love that. Because I know everybody listening and you too have gone through, oh man, okay, what am I going to bring? What's going to get off with this outfit? Um, I have to go running what day? Where, where, you know, where are my running shoes at? Like, you know, there's some planning that goes behind it. And just to see what players have prioritized and not prioritized in the bubble has been hilarious to me. Like PJ <laughs> has like what, four or five clear storage bins? He bought 60 pairs of shoes with him. And I'm, I'm sure he's still buying them and getting them shipped some kind of way. Like I get stressed out when I start bringing more than three. I'm like, ah, do I really need the third pair? Like, like bins dog. Like that's crazy. Like, what do you guys think? Like, w- would you bring a lot? Would that stress you out? Um, any other players other than PJ? You know, been catching your eye. I'm trying to find the, I believe it's New Balance or Converse is that like sophomore player who only brought two shoes. Can't find his name right now. Uh, uh, well, the Converse player, uh, is it the, can't, no. What's his name? Is, is he playing the Suns? I can't think of his name, but. Uh, He's a young guy. Well, he only I, brought two pairs. Uh, yeah, I, know you're talking about. I just can't think of his name because I saw it somewhere and I was like, I mean, I'm not mad at him. I mean, hey, he can't even focus on the game. Did he walk by PJ Tucker's like, oh, well, I guess I didn't do this right. I mean, I, I I feel old right now because it just wouldn't be that big of a deal to me. Like, and I don't know if it's just like coronavirus and it has made me lazy, but like, I just don't, I don't change my shoes enough. Like, I probably wear the same shoe for a week at a time right now. And it's because I'm not really going outside other than to take the dog out. So 
it's kind of it's kind of like a really weird i guess like time so right now i don't think it would be like i'd probably you know pack up you know the the shrine the shrine duffel with you know five six pairs and be good um but i also feel like if if i'm gonna play i probably want kobe retros right protros whatever and then everything else that you wear outside of the games it's not like it's not like you're going to be seen the way you are normally so it's not as important in my opinion like unless you're just showing off to the other players right so it's kind of weird like i kind of have like mixed feelings around the whole situation but i also totally understand it right like the hardest part would be literally looking at like my stack of shoes like what am i going to take with me for the next you know two months and i i don't even know how i would approach that that's like that that's the part that would be just intimidating to me that's a good that's a good point because you know what i mean i guess they're still going to do their quote-unquote tunnel walk uh, I guess they got they they convinced the NBA to let them go ahead and like come in in their normal clothes and change because I think that was a big deal for some of them for some reason. Um, but you make a really good point, and, and that's one I wasn't thinking about. Like no one's gonna see you, you know, walking around the bubble. I mean, are they really gonna care that much? I mean, <laughs> you're just walking around your peers at this point, and I, I mean, I know there there's a lot of them who you know are into sneakers and. But at that point, you're mostly in your in your room, you're mostly around guys who've already seen what you have already or who are on your team. So it's not like, I don't know, you're showing off for like the nice kicks cameras. They can't even be out there. So I don't know, man. That's a good question. I think I would just go ahead and pack, you know, my – probably say 10 pairs. And 10 pairs of – and probably six or seven of them being on-court shoes – a practice pair, a casual pair, just to like something comfortable, like an ultra boost or something to walk around in, and then a running pair. That'd be it. Just seem like have all the bases covered. Man. See, I mean, I'm going to hate on PJ Tucker at some point in this episode. <laughs> but May as well start now. No, I mean, <laughs> because, I mean, I guess, you know, you hate certain aspects about yourself because I'm in the PJ boat, man. I don't think I'd bring like six or seven tubs, but I might bring two or three. Like I, I look at it like I need my white Jordans. I need my black Jordans. I need my white Nikes. I need my black Nikes. I need my, my actual hoop shoes. So that's like, you know, two pairs of crazy, maybe like a, what the Kobe and like a prelude Kobe. And then some like, you know, more, uh, more everyday hoop shoes, you know, like a, a Beethoven Kobe nine or something. I don't know, but it's like, I, my brain thinks that way too, where it's like situational shoe awareness, where it's like, all right, what if I want to wear white Jordans, but I also want to like get them kind of dirty. So I need to bring like, not a top tier shoe. Like I, I know I, I want to bring like the John Elliott Air Force One in white and white, cause that I can mess up, but it's still a white sneaker, but I also still want my white cements that I don't want to mess up. So like, PJ, I totally feel you on that front. Like, it'd be tough to to narrow it down. Like, you guys make it sound super easy, but I'm like, what if my running outfit is black and I want to put a little bit of color in it? It's a running shoe. Hey man, See, that's that's what I mean. Like, like this whole coronavirus lockdown stuff. I, I I'll walk out the house with like six different 
fits going on all in one fit just because I'm like, oh, I got I mean, I don't cross up teams. Right. But I'll have like some some like, you know, uh, like, I don't know, just like some regular Air Max 90s on or, or something like that. Like or like, for instance, I was wearing the Air Max 2s for for a couple of weeks. Right. The Air Max, uh, the Air Max 2 lights. Right. There's like yeah. this purplish and pink colors. But I'm wearing it with like some old school nuggets, you know, NBA shorts. And then I've got like a like purple sneaker history T-shirt on. So and then and then a black and orange Giants hat. So I basically look like I just walked out of like, you know, I just I just like look like I'm colorblind, essentially, if you see me walking around right now. But that's a quarantine um, fit, son. Get them all off. But yeah, that's a quarantine. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. The running, like, uh, whatever. I'm just like, if if I'm doing anything, like, I just don't even care about it right now, unfortunately. But um, I do understand that sentiment, though. And I think that, you know, like thinking if you had to if you had to think about what you were going to do for the next, you know, two months. I I probably would be doing the same thing where I'm like, okay, well, I'm taking black cement threes. I'm taking a pair of chucks. I'm taking probably like at least a couple pairs of questions. Uh, I'm bringing definitely a handful of new balance runners just because they're comfortable to be, you know, chilling off court type thing. But then once you get past that, I'm like, I don't know, like, do you, I mean, how much do you want to take? Right. Cause like the plastic yeah. bins thing seems like, like a, a, like way too over the top for me. But I also, probably would see myself doing that potentially so i don't know we're different strokes for different folks but think about it this way too you just brought up new balance reebok and jordan a lot of these players you know are are affiliated so that alone helps kind of maybe narrow it down unless you're pj tucker which you're still just bringing no, he's a Nike guy. He's just bringing everything he can get his hands on. Like he wore like again. I don't know who's out here taking pictures for this, but they showed him wearing a pair of U of H Jordan thirty fours um, to practice. Like who's out here? Who who didn't let him just take pictures of? I know there was media there for that kind of stuff. I thought it was just game coverage. No, they got they got full media. I mean, and oh, yeah. it's like we said with the the NBA bubble Twitter account, right? You know, Nick DePaula's at ESPN, like. Yeah. I, I mean, I know he loves basketball, but he's also like thinking sneakers as much as, you know, 100%. anybody could. But I, I think the the kind of interesting piece that I keep seeing is all of this, like kind of trying to sneak things in. And <laughs> because for one, like, OK, yeah, we're going to talk about the shoes primarily. But I think of all the things that I would forget to bring going there. Right. And I'm sure the league is like, yo, we got this and that. We got whatever you need. But then how do you, you know, like you see the guys that are like, oh, they accidentally went out and got some fast food or, uh, you know, the rumor yesterday on Twitter or whenever it was, was like, oh, they were trying to sneak girls in. And it's like, yeah, man, like, I mean, it would it would take me like two or three days before I'd be like trying to sneak my girlfriend in. But, you know, like. I don't know how you how do you live with all that stuff without all that stuff, you know. That's summer camp living one hundred and one. You got to sneak girls in the dorm. Exactly. People, so I misunderstood because I thought they were able to say if they wanted to, if they could, they thought they could bring somebody with them. 
was yeah. going to get tested the same way. I thought that was like something that was in their like agreement to come back. It's like, hey, if they want to bring their family with them, the, the thing was they can come, but they're going to be stuck there with you. Like they can't go nowhere. I mean, yeah, you can bring your kids and family, but like J.R. Smith, he wants a stripper to come. Like, well, I mean, that's his thing. Like, I mean, I'm talking about for the guys who like or had girlfriends or married, whatever it is, is like they could bring them with them. But I mean, I can't help J.R. Smith. I can't help Dwight Howard. <laughs> Just like that. But I mean, like, if if you're looking for like, I mean, to have girls into your room, like, you definitely didn't clear them from the jump. You're just like bored, and you're an NBA player, and it's Tuesday, like. <laughs> and this just you know what? Shut down Instagram for them. That way they don't have like, oh, I'm gonna call this one out. I'm gonna call. If if all you have to do is get in a DM and, and she's like, yeah, I'll come. Like, all, right, all right, come on. Gonna, yeah, I, I need you to dress up as Mickey Mouse and then. <laughs> And ditch that and get changed in the laundry room and then sneak up as a, as a maid. Is that impossible? Does Tom Cruise what's happening? Right. Well, that's what I'm wondering too. Like, do, does that mean like all the people that are working in the bubble are there for two months straight too, right? So like, like people that are working like the hotels, are well, they, they able to go um, home? It doesn't well, seem like they'd be able to leave, right? Outside workers, right? I thought they could, but they had to get tested like every day. That'd be funny though. Good morning, Mr. LeBron. Your your usual frosted flakes, so that's all we have here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your frosted flakes and go away. Yeah. What, one thing I was gonna say too that that you you kind of touched on, but uh, you know, like the whole tunnel walk thing. You know, most of those guys, like Robbie said about the sneakers, they all have some sort of deal or they have their own clothing line or they're repping their homies clothing line. I mean, and you think of like somebody like Steph Curry, who's got to deal with Express, you know, like he can't be the only one that has a major deal where he needs to be seen wearing their stuff off the court. Yeah. In order to make sure that he keeps getting those checks coming in. So that that kind of that whole thing is really, really fascinating to me, too, because there's so much around the game that is just set up to, to, you know, to not have to deal with the, the whole bubble idea or concept. Right. For sure. But also I wanted to, I, I think I mentioned it when we were talking about recording this, but I think the weirdest thing about the whole NBA bubble thing is that they would do it in Florida where there's more <laughs> COVID cases than any place on the damn planet right now. It seems like. Oh, that's a, yeah. I, I, I don't think – I mean, they thought it through, but I don't think they thought it through. You know what I mean? They're like – DSP is like, hey, we, you know, we got this whole Disney World thing, you know, since we're owned by Disney. And uh, let's see if we can pump out some more games. And I don't think they really – there was no structure to the plan besides, hey, we had a facility. They were not thinking about, hey, we're going to see, if, you know, if we can find somewhere that's a little bit safer, you know, medically. They were just like, nope, we got the, we got the infrastructure here. We're going to do it because – Think about it. You have them in Florida. You have MLS in Florida right now. Um, I mean, baseball is just everywhere, apparently. So there's no – they're just like, we got to get this back. We don't care how. And once Florida spiked to get in, like, screw it. We can't go back now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's like you should have known better because, you know, it's Florida. Florida, but, um, you, you couldn't have – I mean, it sounded like the safest venue that could feasibly hold this much. Or, you know, this much action, NBA action, whatever. But just, like, few and far between how many places could feasibly do this. And it just so happens to be an epicenter, too. 
So it, it happens. Um, to kind of circle back full, Darius Beasley was the guy that only brought two pairs of New Balances, and he's sponsored by New Balance to the NBA bubble. So, I mean, I think that's a cool story. We even remembered it without remembering his name. Because, like, oh, that's cool. You brought two pairs of shoes. Like, haha, that's funny. But then we have, like, P.J. Tucker every single week, every single minute, like, front and center with, like, every single sneaker blog just because he wears a lot of cool shoes because he has a lot of money. He's a little bit of an asterisk because he can afford to buy stuff, and we know that he has the chops to know what he's buying. Mm -hmm. So that makes it, you know, credible. It makes him credible in my eyes versus, like, I don't know, like whoever else just has a lot of money and goes buys out every off white. But like his impact is just the same as Darius Beasley's, like in terms of like NBA game, yet he gets more shine pregame than I would say both Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And he's like the fourth best player on the team, if even. So like it that's always so crazy to me that like, you know, not to put us or put ourselves above everybody else, but you know, we try to focus on like, you know, the fun stuff, like the bigger picture of the NBA bubble, not just what PJ Tucker is doing in the NBA bubble. So just there's a wide range of stories. So it's cool to see like the you know, the up and coming guy only bringing two pairs versus the veteran with six bins. But there's like cool stuff. So Darius also wore um an ominous one low, mm. which I don't think we've ever talked we've ever spoken about. I've seen a couple colorways now during the bubble and that shoe looks good. Like the low top in my eyes, you know, steps better than the high top. Yeah, that, that like purple and, and like kind of neonish green that he posted was super dope. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I also think that it's really cool to, to see, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like the, the, like, like you kind of said, like it's almost like polar opposites, right? It's like, the guy that's going to be all flashy pregame trying to be seen versus the guy that's just going to show up and get shit done and not worry about all those things. And I think that's actually really cool the way that New Balance has kind of positioned themselves with those types of players, right? The players that they're, you know, you know, partnering with as, you know, sponsored athletes or whatever and, and brand partners are very much like, like they come across to me as very low key in terms of like the flash and stuff. And to me, that makes it even more appealing than, you know, like, I mean, maybe I'm just burnt out, but like, I just don't, I just don't give a shit about another pair of off whites. Like, okay, we've seen all this, you know, and yeah. nothing, nothing against like PJ doing it because, you know, he's turned that into like crazy opportunities and no doubt he spent a ton of money on sneakers before he got a deal with Nike and before he got free stuff. Right. But like, it's also just like, come on, like, can we just, you know, like we, like, we don't need to see you wearing some crazy PE that we know is not really safe to play in, you know, like it almost, it almost like negates or, or shines a light on, it sounds really bad. And I don't mean this as bad as it sounds, but like how, like Robbie said, like you're fourth best on the, on the squad or whatever. And I, I don't think that – I don't know. It's just a really weird thing to see somebody playing in old shoes on a regular basis. And I know that he's been getting newer stuff lately, but, like, I don't know. 
I have really, I have really weird feelings around it too. I mean, I, I don't hate PJ or I'm not going to hate on PJ as much as Robbie, but I'm, I'm not far behind. I should say. He's a fine man. Nothing personal against him. Just the shoe stuff gets annoying. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, think about it this way. I, that's my team, guys. I got to deal with it all the time. I'm like, bro, if you stop switching shoes every quarter, maybe you can, you know, pick your defense up and, uh, you know, not miss that corner three that's supposed to be your shot. So I have a lot more <laughs> ride on that right now. <laughs> like, that's, that's very let's get a championship. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to win it, but let's get a little further than we typically do. That's that's so crazily true. Um, I mean, so I would say another player that doesn't get any kind of sneaker shine, though we thought he would, who's kind of in a similar role with PJ, but I would say you know, better player is Kyle Kuzma. Um, he broke out the J. Cole Dreamers. I believe it's like it trying to find yeah, these oh, really cool um, Pumas. Do you yeah. know what they are, Mike? Yeah, I think they're called the RS Dreamers. So they basically the RSX model. It's a playoff of that one, and uh, it's J. Cole's actual signature sneaker. Uh, dude, I'm not going to lie. Everyone's like, oh, I'm looking for this Jordan, this Jordan. Dude, I'm waiting for this bad boy to drop. That looks so clean. Like I saw a picture of it, uh, J. Cole winning at courtside All-Star Weekend. Bro. It is such a clean shoe. I don't know. Nick, have you seen it? You haven't seen it yet, no. Oh, man. Oh, I got to find you guys a picture. It's just, I mean, it's a low-top sneaker. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm excited about that one. And, you know, I'm not a big Omnis fan, but that Omnis one, uh, the, the low, those are two of the things I'm excited about to see in these pictures. What's that other Converse? It's like a, it's a high top. It's the sky something. Uh I, I saw a picture of it. I can't. Is that the one that? Not the one that Draymond Green debuted, huh? Like during the season. It's like white and cream, but Kuzma wore a pair of those too. And it's like, man, like I have zero interest in Puma, but those look good. Like I'd much rather see Kyle Kuzma break out some Dreamers Puma than see, you know, PJ break out, um, you know. Uh, what was it like the Pippin, like the Air Flight one, something it was like some real crazy, or maybe it was a CW, like some really crazy OG that actually used to be Seth's shoe, um, Soul to Soul, Seth Burt. Um, oh, I can't remember the shoe right now, but just those Pumas are so cool, man. Like I, I would have never thought I would say that, but breath of fresh air in my book. Yeah, dude, I'm trying to find those Converse now. I didn't see the picture of the Converse. I mean, I think that's like such a sign of where we're at with sneakers. You know, we're all kind of looking for like something refreshing as opposed to the, you know, and again, this is not shots at like PJ, but he's the guy that kind of became the face of sneakers for the NBA and seeing him wear, you know, off white stuff or whatever, you know, crazy limited stuff over the last few years just makes you want like a normal kind of attainable, uh, you know, him combined with the fact that every week we can pretty much get on here and complain that we didn't get a pair of shoes off the sneakers app makes it to where like everybody starts looking at all these other brands and there's a real opportunity for like people like, you know, brands like Puma and New Balance to step up and take a piece of the market share that normally they wouldn't have 
such easy access to getting people on board with them as brands, especially when it comes to basketball shoes. I mean, man, that's so true. It's like, we can keep prefacing it over and over again, nothing against him, but it's like, he's the sneakerhead that like your dad knows about because there was a feature on him before the game, you know, before tip off. And it's like all the, all the OG sneakerheads is like, bro, we've been doing this. Like, cool. I'd be buying all those too. And I'd be taking no L's if I had PJ's money. Like, yep. Jazz yeah. snaps. I like, mean, it kind of, it, it kind of like, and I think there's a lot of things that are very similar right now where, you know, it, even like the Jordan ones, right. You know, we've talked about it. Like we all love Jordan ones. We all have a handful of them. We all, you know, kind of, know that that's a tough shoe to not get excited about because we love it so much. But Mm -hmm. then we've also seen so many colorways of it. And, you know, it's like, well, everybody's wearing it. You could go outside right now. If you go outside, you're going to see people wearing Jordan ones because they've been just, you know, filling the market with them for so long, you know, just like release after release. Right. And, like that's like the sne- it's kind of like what, what Robbie just said, but on the sneaker front, right? The sneaker that everyone outside of sneakers knows is the Jordan One. So everybody wants to wants that. And then anybody that's been into sneakers, like yeah, that's a great shoe. We've been into that, but like we've been into that for like fifteen plus years, twenty plus years. What's what's something else? Give us something new, like you know. And I think that kind of also could mean that maybe there's more opportunity for technologies like the 4d from adidas you know we we saw um the what was it the 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 bb adapt with the oreo bb adapt you know like some of these kind of like yeah it's still a, a nike basketball shoe but it's not like your traditional easy choice basketball shoe compared to you know what everybody else has i guess yeah that, that's really i mean that's a great point but man it's also like I've been in that. I've been in the Jordan one for 15 years, and then my my false sense of entitlement kicks in. Like, damn it, I deserve that shoe over this guy. I I, I love this thing for longer than he's been alive. So it's a, like, it's it's a weird mind game, even with yourself. And you have yeah. to you have to do that about it. Like, there, you're not entitled to anything on sneakers. You will see me once every couple months bitching and moaning about sneakers, but I know for damn sure I'm entitled to nothing. Like I'm just another consumer, just like everybody here listening is, I don't care who your plug is at the end of the day, we're all just, you know, user one, user 4 billion, user 19, whatever it might be. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that same, that same deal that, you know, that those constant, like, Oh man, these are, everyone wants a Jordan. Why haven't we can use that as an example? Because I think it's the perfect example. Everyone wants this and I know it's going to sell out. I honestly, to a, to a degree, I stopped being wasting energy on it and then try different stuff. Like when, I, when this Puma comes out, for example, yeah, I'm going to try to get that the first, you know, first run. I know for a fact that I'm going to have a better chance of getting that than it would be, you know, whatever, you know, dealer's choice colorway of a Jordan 1 coming out. It, it could be literally be just trash, but because of the model, someone's going to buy it all up. So it, it forces me in a good way to look at different things, different brands that typically maybe wouldn't if I'm just strolling through it. Well, you know, back in the day when you would stroll through a mall or sneaker store. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, and that's great. And Mike, that's why your perspective is so powerful because you want to try all these new things. Um, that Puma looks so good. 
I mean, I'm going to transition this into another new thing that we've seen within the NBA bubble, and it doesn't look as good as the Puma. Um, it's the Greek Freak 2. We've seen like four colorways, a white cement, a Nija, a Bamo, and then like a white black with like an iridescent kind of buck screen swoosh. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's all right. It, it reminds me a lot of the, the PG-1. I believe it was designed by the same person. So that would make sense. But like this shoe doesn't excite me like the $400, you know, BB Adapt or the presumably probably like $130, you know, J. Cole Puma. But like I am not feeling this Greek Freak 2. Not yet. There'll probably be a colorway I like at some point, but I'm not inspired by it. I'm not like compelled to go seek it like you're compelled to go look for that new Puma on release day. Yeah, and I'm right there with you. That The Greek Free 2, I like it better than the first design, I'll say that much, but it's still not enough to – I still want to buy the first one, and it's like on sale for 80 bucks. I'm not compelled enough to even spend a sale price on it. And this one looks like the PG-1 mixed with like a, a Nike trainer. Like, I mean, like you know, the one of the, uh, the high-intensity trainer they came out with? It looks like it's there's some design language, and I don't know. I mean, I like that Niger colorway with the look like the the plants on it. Really cool, but again, it's just not enough to make me like, oh, cool, I tried out. I don't, I don't know. Maybe a certain colorway comes along, I'll change my mind. But at this point, I, I think they could do I, just a smidge bit more. I don't know what that is, but I feel like there's just some there's like one component missing from the shoe to take it over the top. I mean, I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm like impressed with it, but I definitely like the style of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I did pick up the first ones. I think they're super dope. They're just crazy lightweight too, which I was surprised because thinking about how big Giannis is, it's like that's a that's a pretty cool kind of feature to have for a big guy. Um, I mean, and obviously he plays like a point guard half the time, but like. I think it's uh, it, it, I think there's a lot of safety in the design of it. You know, like they chose this specifically because it's not too far outside the normal standard. We know we can sell these at a discounted, you know, price kind of. For sure. And I know that, you know, that isn't like a public conversation about when a shoe is designed, but I feel like that has to be a conversation for the business side of things because when you're committing to you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of these shoes being made, you know, you got to know that you're going to make X amount of money back for, for uh, on all of them. So um, even at a discount, but I don't know, I, I, I'd, I could go either way on it. I think like Robbie said, uh, some more colors would be, you know, will be interesting to see. I like that. The kind of, I like the look of the outsole, like the lower half of the shoe basically. So I, think that maybe if the right color comes along, I'll end up grabbing a pair. No, hopefully, hopefully there's like a we get all-star colorways or something this next year. I mean, now you say I, I may not like the initial ones that are out now, but I do like the the outsole better than the, the one. I like the decoupled and look they put a little bit more structure on the outsole to give it more of a a beefier look. So I don't know. I'll say I won't. I'll, now I know sort of never say never because if a sneakerhead ever says they don't change their mind, they're a liar. So 
That's true. I, I did sure. it myself. And Tony, if you ever listen to this, he's the designer of the Paul George line and the Giannis line. It's not a bad shoe. It's yeah. just there's a, lot, there's a lot of stiff competition in 2020. Um, and we just, I like the iridescent. Now, the more that I look at it, the iridescent swoosh pair is pretty cool. Um, just it's, it's a very stacked lineup across the brand board. So that's just, definitely my favorite of the ones I've seen so far too. Yeah. It's a really, I mean, I've always liked the Bucks color scheme. It's not one I'd wear, but from a visual aspect, that dark green and the blue, I think it, it looks, it looks really good. Um, now let's kind of just dive into one more new thing before we just talk about Kobe's, but you know, through the end of this episode, um, you know, Shy Gilgris Alexander ended up signing with Converse, um, which is kind of a shock, but it's under the Nike umbrella and he's worn the swoosh pretty much his entire professional career. So it's not odd to see him get slated into that, you know, that Converse line of work, especially when you think about, you know, the Kelly Oubre's of the world, the Draymond Greens, um, these really high quality players that fly underneath the radar, like, Kelly Oubre is 100%, you know, shadowed by Devin Booker. Draymond Green's obviously shadowed by Clay and Steph. So, you know, playing alongside and behind for a little bit, behind Chris Paul on a team that nobody thought was going to be good, um, really sets him up as like a, you know, a true up-and-comer with real like all-star and potentially, you know, superstar potential. So I really like that Converse signing for Shy. I think it's a really good fit, and I think he's gonna, he, you know, he's the the main player in a in a playoff team, so he's gonna be making the main push for Converse throughout this bubble tournament, or I guess playoffs, whatever you want to call it. So yeah. uh, I, I was happy to see that signing. Yeah, and I honestly don't see. I need, I need to get a pair of the new Converse, the uh, or I guess what are they, the BB? I don't, I don't know the full title, but I've heard that they play really similar and wear really similar to like the Kobe eights just with the drop in midsole, because this one I think is a drop in react midsole as opposed to lunar line, of course. Um, but I hear they play really similar, similar uh, court fill, similar traction to something like the Kobe nine. Oh, sorry, not the Kobe, the Kobe 10. Um, so I'm really interested to see this shoe. I haven't heard any complaints and I really want a pair of the, the low top ones just to, you know, just, just even wear casually until, you know, I can get back on the court. So, I like what Converse is doing. They're just signing these quality players that, you know, can turn into something big. And, um, yeah, man, uh, I'm excited to see what kind of where they go and how they can take it. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the Converse, I, I've always really loved the Converse, like, 90s era, right? Like, the All-Star 2000 is one of my favorite shoes of all time. Um, you know, like I said in previous episodes, I probably own – 40 or 50 pairs of Chucks, like multiple friends got married in Chucks, you know, all these kind of things. And I think the, the, the basketball heritage of Converse, you know, uh, I know that like people like to focus on the, on the pro leather and like, I love that shoe. It's, it's, you know, it's actually one of the very first shoes that I got sent to me when I started working in the sneaker, you know, media world. And so it was, it will always kind of be like, really personally like special to me, but I think there's so much room for them to, to expand on this with the right players and the right, 
designers and like the potential to like right now they're they're very they're very safe right they're like we're gonna we're gonna recreate the the chuck taylor and the pro leather in like performance you know like the vibe of those shoes in a performance oriented basketball shoe but i just think man the amount of shoes that run from like the early to you know early 90s to like you know probably 2003 or 2004 from converse there's mm-hmm. so many cool designs within that that they could play on and bring back from you know the the straps the colors the the storylines all of that stuff and i just i think there's just limitless potential for it because there's always going to be a nostalgia piece for that brand no matter what so it's it's almost like yeah you can take it away once in a while and reset and start over but there's so much potential that you'll never really be able to just say we're not going to make basketball shoes because so many people see them as old school basketball shoes that like putting it back on the court makes it that much more special yeah and it's the all-star pro bb that's the shoe we're talking about it is very safe it is very reminiscent um, there's another model called the G4, which is a much more aggressive model that has Zoom Air in it. That is a shoe that could almost fit with like Russell Westbrook, but uh, more so Kelly Oubre. It's like it's kind of young, it's hip, it has a lot of sharp lines in it. It's the complete opposite of this Pro BB that's very rounded, and like Mike was saying, it is React. So you know, a softer, rounder React-based shoe versus a more aggressive Zoom shoe. Um, that fits two different kinds of tastes, but to Nick's point, it is always going to have that nostalgia. It is always going to have a pedigree to it, just as everybody knows Converse. And it's just, you think Wilt Chamberlain, you think Bill Russell, you think, you know, everybody before the 1970s, pretty much, just wearing chucks. Grandmama. Grandmama. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, too, because, like, I think the G4 is a good example of, like, it has an old school vibe to it, but then there's like the colorways, like the, the one that has the Volt liner is like just super vibrant. Like the whole shoe is just like, like jumps out at you. And I think that's super dope. I love to see more of that from Converse, right? Because like, well, there always be room for, you know, the, the kind of more simple, like, let's just throw the like red, you know, Chevron logo on the side and, it's a like, and they've done a really good job of making it lightweight. The BB is super light, and I think there's just room to expand on that and kind of like just get get people into different aspects of what commerce is and can be. Especially like you said, having React. I mean, that's a that's a that's got to be a comfortable shoe, you know, based on my experience wearing other React shoes. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get some pairs of those. Um, so I guess we got technically like two minutes left, two to five. Let's just talk about the Kobe 5 as much as we can in five minutes. Um, okay. It's been all over the place. Uh, I'll let you two kind of talk more because I've kind of taken over. I'm going to say Devin Booker is a god. And yeah. I'll let you finish. I mean, that's probably the uh, <laughs> overarching statement that's all, all is needed. Dude, the P's are ridiculous. I mean – you see Devin Booker just has these – I think it's two pairs. One is like white with all of the overlays are like orange, of course, sun's colors. And then there's another one he's wearing with like a – like the 
there's like a really faint purple like leopard print. Regardless, I just need Nike. You, you hear us? I know I know someone over there listening. We ain't, we're not asking for it for free. We just want you to release them so we have a chance to buy them. Like I, just give me another Kobe. Keep the legacy alive because this literally just has me fiending for more Kobe. So there's nothing else I saw besides again those those new models. But if I've learned anything else is that I still freaking love the Kobe sneakers and I want them to release and I hope that something does during this, you know, bubble season. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, like the Devin Bookers are, are like those white and orange ones obviously are just so fire. Um, PJ had some really dope ones that had like a, look like the Hollywood stars on the insoles. Um, like a white base with like yellow and kind of, I think it was like yellow and red or something but had like a crazy liner. I didn't get to see the liner. Um, but I think it's, it's been interesting cause like they haven't actually released a Kobe shoe since he passed away. Right. I'm correct. Which makes me wonder, you know, when the right time will be. I mean, you know, the marketing side of me thinks like, you know, Mamba day and all of that, but then, you know, at the same time, maybe, you know, it does this, the way they're playing it right now, are, are we going to see any of these release? Like, will there be, you know, the, the fours and five retros that we have been seeing, you know, all over the Internet for the past few months? I'm not really sure. Well, Vanessa Bryan actually posted a picture of both the Bruce Lee and alternate Bruce Lee's a couple of days ago, which gave me a little uh, little hope that maybe, you know, they're like, hey, let's go ahead and continue his legacy. Because clearly, I mean, I respect them for, for stopping. I mean, because people are just being for the lack of better words, jackass isn't just being like, you know, just going nuts with the trying to resell his shoes. So I can see why they stopped for a minute and it makes sense. But man, for me as you know, as us three, I think as a, as a whole are just fans of the shoe is just, it'd be nice to be able to try to get another pair to, you know, add to the you know collection that we have already just to, to wear. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, there's obviously a ton of good PEs that keep popping up, but um, I guess uh, my my one question for you guys before we get out of here, what would be the most, what would be one thing you would take with you to the bubble that people would be that people wouldn't expect? I mean, that's kind of hard because the first thing that comes to mind for me is Sour Patch Kids and everybody would be like, yep, Nick's going to bring Sour Patch Kids. Sex toys. Uh, what'd you say? Sex toys. Okay. All right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think uh, it'd probably be something food-wise. It's either going to be uh, just like 10 pounds of Twizzlers or there's a cookie place i mean i think everyone's probably heard of it like if i can just get a a fresh box of like a hundred tips treats cookies i'm i'm set you're playing nba basketball michael you Bruh. need you need, you need 100 cookies the white howard is prime <laughs> ate nothing but skittles all right it's okay <laughs> that and so did marshawn lynch so <laughs> so can't burn in calories to that you're not wrong um <laughs> Right, I'm sneaking burritos in. Good <laughs> <laughs> burrito. Jim Boy's tacos. <laughs> Boy's tacos, okay. Um, I wouldn't really bring sex toys. I mean, 
I'd probably bring my Switch because Animal Crossing's life. So it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's a month. I mean, I can't bring anything illegal, right? I mean, I guess you got to stuff that in your shoe boxes and hope that they don't uh, don't check your, your insoles. Oh, so yeah. you're bringing skate shoes is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> you bringing wheelies? You can put them in a the little wheel compartment? Wait, is, is, weed, is weed legal in Florida? Uh, what's not, not illegal in Florida, to be fair? But I would just go find JR, and I would just go to JR's room. And we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. JR has people. It sounds like I'm hating on JR, but I would love nothing more than to hang out with JR for real. Like, give me like two nights with JR. That'd be so much fun. Like, down. It's all love. It's not hate. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, uh, we'll see if we can make that happen. If anybody, if anybody has a, has a plug, uh, let us know. Robbie's trying to to uh, partake in completely legal activities with JR, and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I, I I I don't even know that I would want to be in the bubble because I would miss burritos too much. But that's just that's just me though. <laughs> they get you a nice microwave one, man. That's all good. I, hey, I don't discriminate. Like <laughs> a burritos, a burrito. Like yeah, burritos. Like it's kind of like I'm I'm terrible because you know people are like super coffee snobs and like make the really nice expensive coffee and I love that wow. stuff too. But I'm also the terrible guy that would drink like a full pot of coffee over the course of a day, reheating yep. it and all that shit all day. So, but yeah, anyway, clearly uh, we're past our time limit as, as I get way off topic here. But um, we appreciate everybody rocking with us. Thanks for listening. And let us know the one thing you take to the bubble if you were going in for two months to uh, play some basketball. And make sure you follow uh, – the NBA bubble life on Twitter. We'll put a link to it. If you can't Just find it, it would be in the description. It's uh, it's killer, killer content. It's definitely the basketball content I've been missing, but I didn't <laughs> know I was missing. So, um, and, uh, as always just follow us on all the platforms at sneaker history and guys, let them know how they can find you guys. Yep. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at madwatcher789 and then on YouTube at Mike Guillory. Robbie, where you at, buddy? Yeah, you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Right on. We appreciate y'all listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace. See ya. Bye. What up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as 5 bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing in effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. 
If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.